You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 101. We're going to hit highlights from that church conference recently, and I'm introducing my new co-host. Here we go. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast to help people like you use digital tools to find common ground with your audience. This is where church communications are fun and no one feels like an idiot. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. Today, episode 101. 101. It is exciting. And I am excited because today I am introducing someone who is really trying not to laugh at the stupid <laughs> thing I just did. My new co-host, Megan Ranson, everybody. Megan, what's up? Woohoo! I'm excited <laughs> to be here, Seth. I'm am- probably just going to laugh my whole way through this. That's good. That's good. Because if you're laughing, then I'm laughing. The audience is laughing. We're having a good time. We're all buddies. I touched the table and moved my screen. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm pumped. I'm excited about this. Uh, tell us, tell people a little bit about you and uh, so they get to know you a little bit. Well, shoot. I am, I live in Michigan, uh, which is awesome and cold and that's not awesome. I've been doing communications for I like I have five, six years or so now. I work for Church Inc. I work for Sunday U with Justin Dean. I'm here doing this podcast with you. I'm just, yeah. you know, a little kinda, bit here and there. You're kind of all over the place now. I'm all over the place. Like a, so, such a huge, big deal. I don't know if you know this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Do you have a lot of leather bound books? And my office smells of rich mahogany. There it is. And that's why she's here, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Okay. All right. Good. So complete the reference. Just complete the reference. It's always fun. Okay. So today we're going to jump into this podcast, episode 101. It's uh, it's a new day for the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. And uh, you can get the show notes, sethmuse.com slash 101. And we'll link to some of these ideas there. I don't know what we'll actually have to link as far as products or anything like that. But um, some of this information will link there for those that just uh, don't want to read or listen very long. We could time. link the recap if you want to purchase the recap yes, to that we'll, church conference. we'll do that. You can get that. It's pretty cheap. Well, how much is it now? 97. That's not bad if you got a church budget behind you. It's pretty And good. you get every year previously too. That's it's true. It's not just this year. That's true. You get your talk. You get my yes. talk. Yes. You get all and the that's... ones we're going to talk about today, which is not all of them. It's just some highlights. Yes. And, and our apologies to those of our friends of ours that we didn't, we're not going to mention today, but all of the talks at that church conference were really great. We only have so much time. Right. And we're, and we're using it right now. Yeah. Oh, dang it. <laughs> okay. Moving on. We're moving on. We're moving on. Here we go. Okay. So let's talk about the first episode, uh, first uh, talk that we had decided to talk about. Um, Dave Adamson is, um, he's from North Point. He works at, uh, with Andy Stanley's church. He's the online, I think he's online director, uh, online pastor or something like that. He works with online church and digital spaces and content creation. So um, he is Aussie Dave on Twitter. Uh, I won't know all this about everybody, but I know Dave. And so his talk was really, really great. Um, he talked about online digital, uh, digital spaces and being, and being used, like reaching people quicker. It's kind of the subtitle of what he did. Um, the stat that stood out to me that I was like, this is really, really great. 63% of Christians attend church between once a month and never. And never. That was huge. And it wasn't like the younger generation. It was like 20 to 39-year-olds, or I think it was 20 to 39s. Or it was the older crowd, the medium crowd, mm-hmm. the middle group, right? The Yeah. Do you remember that? Do you remember that stat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think 
the interesting thing about that, and he, I think his caveat to that was that church attendance isn't decreasing, it's decentralizing. Yes. And I mean, we often, we take a look at the church and we're so discouraged by the lack of attendance, but people are still engaging mm-hmm. heavily online. Yes. And I, I love what you said too, and I'll add to add to Dave, and I'm sure he probably talked about this, but we don't get to determine culture. Right. Right. Like we, but we have to learn how to work with it. So mm-hmm. um, we don't get to tell people, you know, well, you should be in person and not online, but because that's just what they're doing. We can't fight that. It's a losing battle. Um, but we can show up where they are and where they are is yeah. it's online. Yeah. It's like in his big thrust was YouTube. Like he really wants churches to get yes. involved in YouTube. It's the second largest search engine next to Google who owns YouTube. So yes. it's, I don't know that most people even think of YouTube as a search engine, but it right? is. Right. But how to fill in the blank is, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. is YouTube for a lot of people. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the university of YouTube. You can learn. YouTube. He, he even had a stat there, like a certain amount of people, I forget who, how many it was. But a lot of people think that they can actually learn anything they need to learn on YouTube. Well, they might not be wrong. That's crazy. They might not be wrong. No, they might not be wrong. <laughs> they, uh, it's, it's man. I mean, th- how, what can you not find out really that some, mm-hmm. and here's the deal. Like he, his whole point was churches are not getting involved in that space. And right. when, when people are searching, how do I study the Bible? How do I fix my marriage? How do I, you know, whatever these real issue, the keyword issues. Um, this is the first time I had heard anyone really talk about right. gearing our content and like our titles, the way we talk about our sermons, gearing them towards the online channels versus mm-hmm. catchy, trendy things in our service. What was the example he gave um, about the, t- like the titles with emotions? He said, um, yeah. He gave a couple of examples of how they would search. And it was like, um, your sermon title probably brings up nothing. You know, right. people are not searching for that unless they know it. And then right. he had some other ones that were bringing up, like they changed a few words in it. And I forget what the example like was. Like how to used. handle your emotions versus. That was it. Emotions. How to handle your, or it, it was like managing my emotions got yes. like 800 hits, you know, on Google. And then how to control my emotions was like 1800 hits, yeah. you know, so, pages that would come up results. Paying attention to the results of online searches versus what sounds yes. catchy and creates a cute series logo. Right. Because like people are searching for those things. They don't go to the church mm-hmm. necessarily for help mm-hmm. because they're not in the church, right? They're not connected. And this is how we can really reach people and help people with these issues and be the light of Christ in their world by being found on Google. Um, yeah. It's because, it, it, and like, like you were saying um, that uh, the culture has already decided that the online space counts. Matters. Right? It matters. It matters. Like we would look at it and go, our attendance, our people attend church once every four to six weeks. That's kind of the going stat, right? Mm-hmm. But to a church goer, even a very person that called themselves dedicated, they're like, no, I watched online one week. I was there one week and I went to my home group one week. So I went to church three times. Yeah. You know, and yep. we're like, no, yes. you actually went once. Yes. That's, that's kind of where he was going. He's like, why doesn't the other stuff count? Yes. Yeah. I think to some extent too, like we, we, that is something to speak into. Like we may not be, get to change culture, but we can influence it. Yeah. And I think like that in, in person experience is really important. But that doesn't yes. mean that we deny 
mm-hmm. that people are online. And it, it, that is also a really great entryway for them to get introduced to our church is if yes. they're looking about how to control my emotions mm-hmm. and they come across our sermon versus somebody else's YouTube clip. Yeah. You know, and that he, might be the reason they come. And he also talked about what they first find is a short clip that leads to a little bit longer clip that leads to the full message that leads to a playlist that leads, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's like bang, bang, bang. We're leading them through this journey online to help just like we would in a connections conversation. They come into our parking lot, then they come through our door and then we want them to be seated by ushers. And then we want them to get a worship service. Then we want them to be in a small group. It's like, we have this pattern that we want them to go through. That's assimilation. And online, he's like, he's advocating for a way to do assimilation online to an actual experience. Because that was his thing. It was like not replacing the in-person, enhancing right. it. Right. Like yes. enhancing that. Yes. That was, that was so good. Yes. Everyone needs to hear that. It's so important. Yeah. I, I, I wrote a quote down, he said in there, he said, when life gets complicated, people turn to YouTube. We need to be there providing solutions. I was like, that's the summary, I think, of his talk. It's just, mm-hmm. we need to be there because right now it's like a bunch of 11 year old girls who also show you how to you know, unbox an iPhone or right. whatever. And right. there are other videos, like they're a Christian in a youth group and they'll do a, how to study the Bible. Yep. They yes. might be right, but do you really, as a church, I mean, do we want to trust? Do you trust? want those people leading? <laughs> yeah. It's like, do we want, and that's, that's kind of an indictment I think on us is that our, you know, junior high kids are the ones that are, you know, leading the way in yeah. discipling people online. Yeah, we should nuts. be paying attention to that. It's a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that just it. speaks... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just thinking about how that speaks to the importance of our roles Yeah, and like paying attention to what culture is doing. We can't sit in our little bubble mm-hmm. of what's happening in our church. We have, to pay, we have to pay attention to culture. Yeah. The mandate Jesus gave us was go. Not yes. set up shop and hope they come. And hope they come. It, it, or try to attract them. And I think mm-hmm. I think we're past the attractional model of church, really. That oh yeah, let's do it so well. Let's make it so great. Let's make it so compelling. They they're just not doing it. The, yeah. The culture just. I mean, there's the people who are all in on that are people who are already all in. You yeah. Know, they're, they're they just love Jesus. They love your church. You could go up there and do kumbaya on acoustic guitar, and they'd probably give you a pass. You know, but. You know, we still want, the, we still think the big show is what makes them come. It's not, they're not connecting there. They're connecting all kinds of places. Mm-hmm. And, and we got to start counting that as part of our ministry strategy, not just here's ministry. And then here's some digital stuff that gets them into the ministry that that's real. I feel like we could go down a really, a really deep rabbit hole. Definitely. With that whole, that whole thing. Definitely. But, but we've got like six other people to talk about. Yes, we do. So we'll be, we'll be moving on. That's a great talk. Dave, thanks for doing that. Yes, uh, awesome. Repurpose content on purpose. That was awesome. All right. So Ted Vaughn was the other one. Um, I really oh, love this talk. So uh, good. Ted is a, is a, he's, from the ag- he's from the agency world. And I honestly, I didn't know who he was. And he's the one I, I was just locked in the most with. Um, he, he's really good about process and just he talks about mission vision values all kinds of stuff what did you hear in ted's talk ted's talk that's good and ted's talk wow why have we not why has nobody used that yet i don't know that should be his like ripoff brand i don't know yeah so the thing that so i don't know that it was like the only thing that he talked about but one thing that's really stood out to me was about health like health as a church communicator Mm -hmm. because we're all most of us feel overworked we feel underappreciated and he talked about this um 
you are either apathetic or you're angry. So a scale yeah. Yeah. and what, like what causes that and how to resolve it. I thought that was brilliant and really, really yes. spoke to the heart of what a lot of people are feeling. Like when he talked about that, like the room kind of, like you could feel it, right? Like people really resonated with that. Yeah. How we shape the voice and the brand. We're a critical part of the mission. Um, the Kinko syndrome. Mm-hmm. That you want to talk an- about Kinko syndrome? That was it's a, so good. That was a great analogy. And the, and the idea of the spectrum, you're either, you, you, there's a tension in the middle that we have to manage, right? Because mm-hmm. we're, we're responsible for branding and quality and, and all that stuff in our process and getting things done on time. But we're also responsible to be a servant and like lead in a way that we're like serving others and other departments. So giving them what they need to do their job. And so in the middle, we find some balance there and it's never really comfortable, I think right there. And that's why we try to get out of it. I believe to go one way or the other to extreme. And if you go to that one extreme of anger, where you're really just controlling things, you become like the brand police, the cop. And he showed a picture of dirty Harry with a gun pointing at your face. Like that's, (laughs) that's so true. It's like you can communication department sometimes can be that way because we're just so done not knowing what's happening uh, yeah. and all this. And so we, but that's not really, a healthy way of leading. No, it's not. And so then there was the other extreme where you're like, I'm just so fed up, just whatever. I don't care. The apathetic mm-hmm. side where you're just giving them whatever they want. Your brand looks crazy. Your church don't make some sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, it actually hurts their ability to, they don't know this. Like it, it hurts the pastoral ministry's abilities to get those things they need done well from mm-hmm. us. And like, we, we can't take pride in our work, so we're really upset, you know. And so it had those two spectrums I thought were really, really great yeah. in, in his, uh, you know, his presentation. He asked everybody to like, that, and the apathy one is Kinko's. That was like. Yes. Um, service provider versus partner. Yeah, you're just so service provider. a service provider. Right. You take something to Kinko's. He gave the example of like, you don't want Kinko's going, are you sure? Yeah, you might need this in a different <laughs> way. This orange doesn't look right or whatever. You know, maybe you should tighten this up. And you're like, hey, man, just make the copies. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just and that's how it. we feel sometimes, but mm-hmm. that's not healthy to get there either to just go, all right, whatever. I'll just mm-hmm. do whatever. I'm Kinko's. Yeah. I just make the stuff. He had this really, really awesome chart. That's a little bit too, some of it was over my head. I mean, I need, yeah. I need some more brain cells to really be able to articulate it the way that he did. Yeah. Uh, it was brilliant when he talked about the four, like the funnel. Mm-hmm. The inverted pyramid. The inverted pyramid, where you have the meta narrative at the top, which is like your vision, your mission. Yeah. Then you have strategic vision, which is like your primary objectives. Then operational clarity, which are your goals, your drivers, threats, and then um, priority program. So all of the things that you do to get there. Right. And when that middle is unclear, yes, is when it puts the communications director in a really, really awkward position right. because now the comms director is the one because you get to say what is on the landing page you get to determine what gets mm-hmm. posted on social media you get to determine what is on the stage announcements mm-hmm. it puts them in a really uncomfortable position of determining strategic clarity yeah and he even said like we should not be the ones that have to do that we and, should not be the and ones i agree that. like yes. that's a lot of pressure because it's when you come in like when you have this conversation in some maybe some of the facebook groups about promotional tiers like here's a tier one event here's a tier two event here's tier three event that's the comms director trying to add clarity to that middle section yes you know that really should come from the ones defining that meta narrative stuff and like here's our operation or we do that together i I would say yeah at least in conjunction together yeah because we'll know like oh well this is not gonna get as much play over here is it this one will so 
we could speak into that, but we need a, a pastoral leader, some kind of directional leader that's helping us define that. Because when that's defined, then we can, we can make decisions pretty quick. Yeah. So that, that speeds up the whole process. It's, and everyone's on board and you're not in this really weird position of determining strategic clarity and yes. being the bad guy. Yeah. Because conversations like, well, I'm not sure if that's an important enough event to put here in this thing or that, that slows things down much less is just uncomfortable, Yeah, you know, and, and oh, most, yeah. com, most comms directors are not like on the lead team. So we don't have the authority to just go, here's what you're going to get, you know, so we have to balance that out. And uh, that's a tough spot to put us in. You know, it mm-hmm. really is a tough thing to navigate when there's no clarity of like, well, here's what's most important. Mm-hmm. And what's even worse is when they say, here's what's most important. And then operationally, we don't function that way at all. You know, yeah. like if you said our student ministry is the most important thing or our marriage ministry is the most important thing or our uh, giving um, our ushers are the most important ministry that we have. But then you never talk about it. You never look at it. You never do it. You don't resource it. it, You don't resource it. It's like, well, I thought I was supposed to put that out there more than this. And I'm doing this more. You know, it's like very confusing. Here's the thing. It was a great talk. Here's the other. You talked about how to close close that gap to. What's that? (laughs) Keep going on your thought. It's a good thought. Uh, I wanted to ask you, like, how did he, he gave us some options on how to close the gap between uh, the communication uh, director? He said kind of is aware of this and yes. helping leadership understand this is what we need. Yes. You know, that that sometimes feels like we're just being needy and whatever, you know. Yes. Whiny. Yeah, that was that was really good because you can talk about all of these problems. And the thing that I was going to say is as a culture, we're still learning how to function in a digital world. Yes. And as a church, I mean, even more so, we're still learning. Mm-hmm. Like grace for ourselves, grace for our leaders that are trying to figure out how to navigate this new territory that they were never, ever taught in seminary uh, to the extent that it is now. Like we don't know what it looks like because we've never done it before. And so we're all trying to navigate this tightrope of this whole new world that we, you know, is is new for everyone. So grace to everyone all yeah. around with with how yeah. we're functioning in it. Um, and we're start, we're talking about it now, which is great. So we're making progress, yeah. but. And it's an, it's an awkward conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's it, a really awkward conversation that, you know, you have to really just go in both, both groups of people. Um, and I'm kind of thinking like pastoral ministry leaders, and then there's the ones that have been considered agency service, you know, and this could be like operations department, uh, communications yeah. department, um, anybody that's not non-ministry, non-pastor kind of yeah. kind of thought, which I think communication is very much pastoral, but it's just diff- oh, yeah. it's a different type of pastoral. But oh, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think that's a weird conversation to have. It is. Can so we have to hit go with grace. the five ways to close the gap? Because I thought those are really good, and I want to. Yeah, hit, I only like... I only remembered four. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you what I got, but I only remember before. I was looking at that in our notes and I'm going, there's only four there. Maybe I got, uh, I got you. I got you. Got you. The other one? Okay. I got okay. you. So to close the gap, he said, don't wait for somebody else to notice, to articulate mm-hmm. and ask, advocate for yourself as a yes. communication director. Yes. That was a good one. I thought that uh, was great. And he said, embrace the mission. Uh, sorry, embrace the tension and just be like, this is going to be weird. Let's do mm-hmm. this. Okay. Got it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird. It's fine. And that's okay. And then he said, master the brand basics, like be good at what you do, like under, understand why we're doing it, have your why 
behind all of these detail-oriented things that seem unimportant to those that don't really work, run in this world, or maybe they are in different ways important, you know, so um, make, make sure you understand the why behind all that. And then he said, ask better questions. This was my favorite one. So good. Talk about that a little. What, what is ask better questions? So asking open-ended questions that uh, to seek understanding and mm-hmm. convey respect. Yes. That is so hard to do when we're feeling frustrated or discouraged. Um, it's so hard to do, but it is so important. And it builds trust and builds relationship. And we need to be able to get our hearts in a place that we can do that well. Right. To move forward. I love that. That was, um, you know, because I know that sometimes as communication director, we know stuff. Yeah. And, and I don't how I'm wired is to lead with the data. And that's not always the best way to go forward. Like, hey, here's what's best to do here. Yeah. You know, and it's like, who cares? I'm trying to do this. Yeah. Like, help me do this thing over here first. And then we can talk about how to make it better or whatever. So it's like understanding how you're coming across in your tone. And, you're, and I think asking questions instead of making statements mm-hmm. about communication when you're, when you're talking to other departments about it. Mm-hmm. Really, really, really helpful tactic. Oh, yeah. It's well, that was super convicting for me. It's definitely yeah. something I have. I've failed in in the past. And mm-hmm. I man, do. I just it would have things could have gone a lot easier and better. Had I done that well? Yeah. You know, it's so important. Right. And the fifth fifth one one? (laughs) we didn't have on here is prioritize strategy. There you go. Which is also very important. Yes. And and I know a lot of times in churches we struggle with that because strategy goes out the window as soon as the, uh, as the spirit speaks, you know? And so it's like, and and let's be honest, sometimes it's the spirit. Sometimes you were lazy and forgot about it, you know, or whatever. And we're doing things last minute, but Sometimes the spirit moves and we got to be able to move with it. And it's like prior, prioritize strategy. I like that you said yeah. prioritize it, but it also leaves room for like those moments when it's like, hey, you know what? Something's happening. We got to move with it. Yeah. You know, let's, oh, hey, guess what? This weekend serving, not going to be on what we thought. Yeah. I've had that. I've, I've had a whole week of social media stuff planned that had to do with the topic. The title was still the same, but the, t- uh, real, uh, the, uh, the series was still the same. But the topic changed on Saturday. Oh, snap. And I didn't know. You know? Oh, and snappity so, snap. Right. And so I got all this stuff and I'm like, it's still good. It, it works. It's still, yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. Great. It's like, let's not freak out about that. So yep. sometimes it happens. And yep. You got to give, you got to give room for that. So I thought that was yep. great. All right. Let's move on to our next one. Dustin Stout. Did you say anything? Oh, Stout? Dustin. Yes. Okay. Dustin had the best intro of everyone. Yeah, I was I was so jelly. He walked out to DMX. I know. And I don't think anyone knew it was DMX. And he made that joke later. And oh, everyone man. was like, oh, as that so- would be so terrible if you did. And he's like, uh, I, but I did. <laughs> as soon as I heard it, I was like, that's from Deadpool. Yeah. That was my first thought. You know, like, that's from Deadpool. Where, you just admit it oh. out loud. You've seen Deadpool. I don't care. It's good. It's funny. <laughs> it's a good I movie. I love Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man. Okay. Well, back to Dustin, who talked about pooping. He said, pooping is a discipline, not an impulse. And then he replaced it with posting is a discipline, not an impulse. I didn't know anything about Dustin. Dustin was funny, great speaker, had a lot of uh, good insight. But talk about this uh, discipline versus impulse thing. What, What was going on with that? So his whole talk was about creating a compelling content calendar which I have yeah. to give him, you know, all the thumbs up for the alliteration. I love alliteration. So that's what his whole talk about was about. So 
did you grow up? Post- did, you, did you grow up Baptist? I did. You know, I didn't. You I did didn't. not. But I still love alliteration. Alliteration is a very Baptist thing. I grew up Baptist. That was always the thing. I think maybe we were like secret Baptists because it wasn't a Baptist church, but like we did all the Baptist things. Did you say seeker Baptist or secret Baptist? Secret. Secret Baptist. Yeah, I went to church. I was worked to church that was secret Baptist. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's like you never know. Their name doesn't say it. You'd never know they were Baptist, but they're associated with like SBC or whatever. Oh, yeah. And then the whole service is like is like for sure Baptist service, but it's a non-denom church. Yeah. (laughs) This is anyway. Anyway, so his whole thing, creating a compelling content calendar that we need to be intentional about creating content Mm -hmm. ahead of time so that it's not impulsive. Right. Being on a schedule. Mm -hmm. And it's a discipline. It takes time and you get better at it as you go along. But impulsive content is stressful because you're always asking, what can I post today? What can we talk about? And I remember doing that. It's inconsistent, which is the enemy of momentum. It's ineffective because it doesn't work with the algorithms because people aren't seeing your content regularly. They're not commenting on it because it's not thought through and it's wasteful. Waste your time. Yeah, waste your time and theirs. And and it might be good in the moment, but it's not going to get you long-term, you know, play yes. on social media. It was really, yes. really great. Yes. He was, uh, he talked about like how to build that calendar out. And he said you needed the strategy, like being intentional about building that calendar. Um, and he quoted Gary Vaynerchuk, who I love, but also, you know. Don't go fair, watch his videos unless fair you're like warning. prepared. Yeah, fair warning. <laughs> Not a, uh, not a, not a pleasantly spoken man. He, he will tell you it's, what he thinks. He's not but clean. Yeah, he's not clean. He, he cuss not a clean. lot. He's not clean. He, he cuss a lot. He's so, he not clean. But he says brilliant things sometimes with a lot of words in there. So we take those out and we add, the, add it all up and it still is good. It says, yeah. he says, attention is the most valuable asset. And that's, I, I think, so true. I think also mm-hmm. it might be changing a little that emotional response is, mm-hmm. is a valuable asset. I was going to say trust, like, yeah, like trust with your brand or your product. But even go back to like my example of like how, how the culture determines how they've attended church. It's when they've given attention to it, not when they physically attended. Yes. And so it's like, I watched you online. I spent an hour and a half watching your service. I was there. Yes. You had my attention. That counts. Yes. I looked at your social media posts. Therefore, our friendship has grown. Oh, Yes. You know, I, you had my attention, that's value. And like people value their own, they realize it's very, um, it's very, it's very short, in short supply because there, there are so many people vying for it. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about that in Dawn, in Dawn's talk later. She, she hit on that a lot. But uh, context was important, uh, how networks and, and platforms are different, uh, the time it takes, um, tools. He gave a couple of tools like Hootsuite, Buffer, things like that to, to use. And then he, the thing that hit me the most by him, you, you tell me what you think about this, is the member journey. Mm. And I was like, man, I should know that. That's marketing 101. Yeah. It's, it's how you re, uh, engage with people along their journey and you're buying your product or whatever. Yeah. But translating into the church, mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. Did, that, did you see that part? Yeah, I did. And that I love that he called it the member journey because it is yeah. marketing 101, typically yeah. called the customer journey. Yes. And he just put it in church context for us to make us mm-hmm. feel warm and cozy and familiar yeah. with it. And it was really, really good. So mm-hmm. the first stage of the member journey is awareness. They have to know you exist. 
Mm-hmm. They have to see you. And that is physically with like a sign or your building or online. Yeah. The second stage is consideration. Once they know you exist, everything that they do is wondering, is this the right place for me? Yeah. And so you have to answer that question for them. And that's when it's important to know and understand your audience, right? Because you mm-hmm. want to provide a place that says I belong here. Yeah. And he gave, he, and, and the last one was conversion where that's pretty clear for us what that means, right? <laughs> Very similar. Which kind of, I love is the same. Yeah. It's the same. It's like one of the few words where in like the marketing business yeah. sector and in the church, it's the exact same word. Yeah. And means but, almost, well, doesn't mean the same thing, but it means no, it means something. Not, it doesn't like mean that. the same thing you know, at all. And, and, and what I love to, what, no, not even close. No, scratch that. So um, what I love that he said, what I love that he said about this, uh, this during awareness, consideration, uh, and conversion is that he went through his whole calendar of posts and showed it and color-coded them where these types of posts were being represented in one of those stages of the journey. Yes. So red would be awareness, blue consideration, green conversion, whatever. Yes. And you can see like each week, are you hitting content? Are you putting things out on your social media feeds that reach people who are in the awareness phase? And then putting stuff out that reach people in the conversion phase and put people, reach people who are in the consideration phase. And so it's like that way we're having a well-rounded approach to social media. We're not missing anything mm-hmm. and we're not just all like raising awareness for nothing, you know, yes. or asking for conversions from people that are like, who are you? you know? I'm not even there and yet. It was so great. Yeah. And he even gave examples. We'll put some of those examples in the show notes. Yeah. But that's a good reason like to go back and watch this because he gave, he gave like specific like awareness yeah. or quotes and questions and scriptures. He yeah, gave yeah. that for all of those steps, which I thought was really, really helpful. Very practical. I did. I did too. And, and it made me want to go back and look at my calendar and go, wow, I need to. And first of all, I looked at my calendar, which is in Asana and I use calendar view and I'm like, okay, I need to figure out how to color code this. Yeah. And oh, I yeah. Honestly, I don't know how to do it. So I got to figure that out. But uh, I want to be able to see like, am I hitting all of these types of hitting people with content where they are in that journey? Cause I'm not sure if I am. Yeah. You know, it was really, really good. Oh, that, so, yeah, that was great. All right. Let's talk about Greg Vennerholm. Oh, uh, Greg. Greg was, Greg was very compelling and it was weird because Greg is very low key, very low energy. I don't say low energy. That's not fair, but he's, he's like low. Like he's, he's not the straight, hype man. He's not hype. And even I think the first thing you put on the screen was hype sucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yes. so I was like, yep, here we go. But, but Greg is like the creative uh, director at church on the move. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he yeah. runs that whole creative team, which is fantastic. Yeah. And that's um, a really big role. Yeah. What did you hear from Greg that you love? Um, oh my gosh. He, I, you know, he had so much really great stuff. I love that he, he talked about and coming from, he came out of the business sector too. So he worked for agencies, like really big agencies. Yeah. And then and ended clients. up, yeah, big clients. Uh, one of my favorite things, and he actually talked about this at the end, was talking about um, if somebody's doing something really well, ask questions, like mm-hmm. ask them. And that's how we got connected to Church on the Move, was Whit George called him and said, hey, what typeface did you use on this particular ad? Yeah. And then he ended up working at the church because he got connected with somebody. And there are some churches that do really, really well with this. You know, I think sometimes we're afraid to reach out to each other. Right. To the bigger churches and ask how you did this or yeah. um, what, why did you do this? Uh, I got, I did a Pandora ad 
one a couple years, Pandora ads for marketing campaigns. And I got a call from somebody from Saddleback asking me how I did it and why I did it and what my data was. Was it successful? And I was like, wow, that's super cool that someone from Saddleback reaches out to this little old dinky church in Michigan (laughs) (laughs) because they heard we did it. But that's what makes the big church successful is that they ask those kinds of questions typically. And yeah. if, if we in our smaller congregations would simply, you know, I know it's, it's hard sometimes to just not be head down and working. Mm-hmm. You know, if we, if we could just look up and go, what's, what's happening out here? And then go, I want to know how they did that. Mm-hmm. And then reach out. You make some great friends that will be not only helpful, but encouraging yeah. that uh, will you know, make you better at what you do. It's just, I, I've always thought that you're really only as strong as your, as your network. Yeah. You know, you really. When he said. He, sorry, go ahead. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> I'm just so excited. This was so good. You can interrupt me anytime you like. Okay. That's fine. Go he ahead. He said their success isn't a mistake. Yes. And that, that was, was like, oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like, he said, you can avoid, there are potholes coming down the line for you that somebody mm-hmm. else has already walked around. Yeah. Yeah. And we all know that, but like. So good. Good to be reminded. So what else stood out to you? Well, the, the phrase that I love the most that he said, he said, simple isn't. It's like, there it is. There's, yeah. that's a great sentence. So beautiful. And his quote was even good too. I wrote it down. Great copywriting is half the words. It's oh, man. so true. You and I both work in the copywriting field. That was, that was like, yes, yes thank you. Yes. Stop giving me every single detail for this event for a four by six card. Yes. It's not going to fit. Yes. And people won't read it. Yeah, they won't read it. It's so good. When uh, I did that podcast with you a while back, months ago, I really butchered this quote from Mark Twain. But he said... You want another shot at it? I want another shot. I'm going to redeem it. it. I'm going to redeem it. it. But he (laughs) said, I I was going to write a short letter, but I didn't have time. So I wrote a long one instead. That was it. And I was like... That and I'm again, I'm paraphrasing because I didn't even look this up. I wrote it down to look it up and I forgot, but I, I think you got it. I think that, but was, I think it. that was close to it. That was close because it takes more time to condense yes. a message. And uh, but that's great copywriting. Mm-hmm. Like it's easy just to the, vomit the words out and just write whatever. Yes. Oh my gosh. The other thing I, I loved in there is he talked about um, how. With his church, they often spent so much time. Mm. Really, it was the, it was kind of the principle of the I think of the the, the dip. I can't remember what, who did that, but it basically is like once you get up to like a certain level of quality, mm-hmm. that you work so hard to get that last twenty percent to make it perfect. Yeah, and it's just not worth it. It's like once you get up to a point where it's like this is good. He's like a design. He showed us a design of sermons, sermon design or something. His team did. He was like, this is great. That's version like 27. He said version five was probably fine Mm -hmm. because when it's a sermon series graphic, they're just, those aren't really the reason people show up unless they're really controversial. Right. And so this is not that controversial. This is not going to be something we just launch a national campaign with. Mm -hmm. This is it. But we went to version 27. He was like, I remember talking about font types and color shadings and all kinds of, it was like, just, man, at the end, that really, we could have just gone with version five and moved on to more important things. And he said, at some point we're doing it for ourselves. Yeah. We need to know when to move on. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, 
Yep. Heart check. Yes. That was so good. His other good quote was without a why, without a solid why behind your what, you're just throwing style around. And that was really Snap. great. It was, I mean, he, that was one of those things like he's just up there talking like, Hey man, this is how it is. And, mm-hmm. and he would just say earth shattering things. So Greg was a great he's one. He's like one of those people that like most of what he says is retweetable. Yes. You're just like retweet. He's a thinker. He has he's really thought about it in depth. Mm-hmm. So it was great. Okay. So let's move on to Don Baldwin. Don was a communication director at Willow Creek, although she didn't actually say that. She was, she showed, showed the picture like, this is Willow Creek. We all were like, that's Willow Creek. Um, and then that's she Willow was, Creek. yeah, we're like, that's Willow Creek. We've all seen that place somewhere. Um, but then she's also like worked with VeggieTales, like Big Idea. Um, and I think she, I think I heard her in a conversation somewhere say her son is working at, I think, I want to say DreamWorks as an, as an animator. Oh, that's cool. So she's, if you she's want to connected. talk about somebody who's a big deal, Don's a big deal. Yeah. And she's one of the nicest people. Absolutely. Love that. She, she would never assume that. So great. But she had some incredible, she talked yeah. about websites and info overload and how we're kind of in this state of just having too much being thrown at us at once that we just don't want to hear anything. Mm-hmm. So it's harder to get messages out. Um, the quote that I, I love this a, data point. Oh, it's so good. People receive the data say. equivalent of 174 newspapers worth of information a day. Do you remember the good yeah. old days when you'd settle down with a cup of coffee and a single newspaper that was laid on your doorstep and that was it? I mean, that was all that you knew? Kind of. I didn't really pay attention at that <laughs> okay. point. Okay, well, your parents. I remember parents my parents reading the, the paper. Yeah, I'm. I'm still the kind. Of, I'm. I am a little old school. Though. I watch the. I watch the six o'clock evening news every week, every night. Why? I watch, Why uh, do you do that to yourself? I just like the news. I like the local news. <laughs> I don't like CNN or Fox News or any of those others that just do whatever you know for for the endorsements or whatever. But I like um, the the local news where they're just telling me what's going around me. You know. I, you, I'm, I'm an old, I'm an old man like that, I guess. I don't know. Not if you watch the news, you're an old man, but I only know older people that do that. <laughs> I don't know any other people my age that do that. So Listen. anyway, I digress. Um, okay. so lots, one, lots of stuff coming at us at once. Yes. And she said when, and you know, this is a Willow Creek thing. Uh, Nancy Beach talked about this, who was at Willow Creek said when everything is important, nothing is, Yeah. you know, like, um, the more we, if we talk about everything, people hear nothing. I mean, that's a pretty common mm-hmm. make sense statement, but it's just yeah. good to be reminded of that. Yeah. She said, um, there's a difference between reaching more people and reaching people more effectively. And it has everything to do with like simplifying those messages that we're sending out as a mm-hmm. church. Um, and, and not just, continually throwing stuff out, throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it. Um, she used co- the Mark Twain quote. She used it. I didn't yeah, even did. remember that. She did. Oh man. Sorry, Don. I didn't mean to steal that from you. That's why I was like, you got it because I heard her say it oh. and you know, she said it right. So you nailed it. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. No, she, yeah, awesome. she, she did say that. Yeah. I totally forgot. 
Um, no one can buy attention. That was another big thing. It's too expensive. It was Seth, Seth Godin quote she did. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole thing was just about how websites don't help people find things. They, they just, we make them so complicated. They just don't help. And, yeah. and to really help our people, it, we, we should really focus our web strategy around making the website easy to navigate, yes. and especially easy to navigate on mobile. Yes. Yes. And especially because Google doesn't pay attention to non-mobile friendly websites anymore. Not really. Not at and all. And so either. they have to be mobile friendly and paying attention to who's coming to our website. Mm-hmm. That was always really interesting to me. First time visitors versus returning visitors. Yeah is a really interesting data point. And I feel like we often um, develop our websites around our current audience and the people who are coming to our website for information. Yes. When the majority of people visiting our website on a regular basis have never walked in, stepped foot into our doors. It's like the front door of a house. Yeah. Our website is, and we need to, we need to craft it around the people that have never stepped foot inside. Yeah. And, and we often need- don't. And, and if you're not doing this and you need to be paying attention to your Google Analytics, we always want the biggest traffic to our website to be from search engines. That means people are finding us mm-hmm. and, and they're interacting with us. So when they do, what are they going to find? Mm-hmm. Bunch of noise, bunch of chaos or something they care about. And that's why that yeah. needs to be strategy. Your strategy needs to be for making it easy for them to find whatever they're looking for, whatever keyword they search or whatever. Yeah. And she said with websites that we need to start with vision. Yes. Which I thought was so good. Make it compelling. What Mm -hmm. makes you unique? Leverage it. Yep. Like can know who you're serving. Like the theme of like know and understand your audience on like a granular level, I think permeated almost every talk. Yeah. And that was the topic of your talk. It was just knowing your audience. Yeah. That's all I talked about, but everybody talked about it to some extent because it's, it is like you have to get granular. Yeah. Now. And I think a lot of us think we know our audience and we really haven't done the homework to mm. know our audience. Mm. And even when we, we make stuff, cause we're like, I know, I know three people that I think represent who we're, re- we're reaching that would love this. So we're going to do it. But yep. you could have 600,000 other people that would not care about that at all. And you miss them. You miss yeah. the majority because you don't know your real audience who you're reaching or who you mm-hmm. could reach. Yep. Uh, I think that's super important. She said, uh, marketing at its core is the art of meeting people's needs. Love it. At like, the end of the day, we're providing solutions. Yep. Super great. Super great. And, and um, she even talked about how the information sent to your brain is 90% visual anyway. So being visual and meeting needs, putting those together on your website, and I just, I was thinking about this while she was talking. Um, do you know why Google beats Yahoo? No, why? I mean, if you just look at their homepage, their search page, you go to Yahoo, it is filled with stuff. You have a search bar, but it is news, email, stuff going on, social elements. It is a full page of chaos. I have not gone to Yahoo for a long time because it and- hurts me. And the reason why is that, and then you go to Google and it is like literally a white page with this one bar and a few little action items and that's it. You're here to search. We're not trying to sell you stuff. We're not trying to do, because you're going to search. And that's why. We're not trying to send you to the news when you're looking for images. Right. It's, it's just so much clearer what you're supposed to do when you go to Google. 
and you use it for that one main thing, right? Mm -hmm. You don't go there to find news. I don't go to Yahoo. I wouldn't go to Yahoo to find news. Mm -hmm. You know, people don't do that. They, they get it in their inbox or they go to actual sites, you know, CNN, Fox News, whatever, or, you know, they'll hear it elsewhere, but they're not going to go to Yahoo and, and want to see that right away. They could search for it, but all that's noise and distracting. Yeah. It's super annoying. It makes you just not want to look at it. And that's why no one, that's why we say I, I Googled it instead of I Yahooed it. I Yahooed it. Because nobody do you remember, Yahoo's it. Do you remember Ask Jeeves? Yeah. Back the in the day? The Wasn't butler. That, the Jeeves. butler. Was yeah, he like I, the original search engine? I think he might have been one of the first. I liked a web crawler as well. Oh, I didn't web, use web crawler. Web crawler had a little spider that would come down. And it was like creepy. Oh, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. Of yeah, course you'd like that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But Ask Jeeves like, hello, sir, may I help you? And, and you're <laughs> like, awesome. get out of here, you dummy. It's like the <laughs> clippy guy from Microsoft days. The paperclip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this anyway, was, this was a great talk. Um, you yeah. know, less text, more visual. She was all about that. And the stats she said, I wrote down the number of mobile videos viewed in the past five years has grown 844%. That 844%. Dang. That's unreal. I mean, that's we all lot. knew video was important, but, and that's mobile video views. That's, yes. I think that's important too, that those yeah. are mobile video views. There's a, you know, I know a lot of websites now. Um, builders are really trying to focus on that mobile, um, that mobile first strategy. And mm -hmm. like I use Divi for our, our church yes. and uh, you use whatever you want, but Divi has like a very mobile friendly version of editing that you can mm -hmm. do on the back end. Like even when you have columns, like you look at it, it was a one, two, three column across a desktop. Divi stacks those in your builder in the background now. So you can think about how this is going to look mo on mobile because it's going to stack those columns anyway. You're not going to get columns on a mobile device. That's helpful. So it's like, huh, maybe I shouldn't even do the columns. You know, it's like, right. maybe I should just think about what would this look like on mobile and just let it be whatever it is on desktop. It's fine. Because, yeah. I mean, our traffic, I know for our website, is predominantly mobile. I think we're in the 70, 80% mobile. Yeah. And that's incredibly high. Yeah. So I think a lot of us are probably there and we don't realize it. But checking your data is a big deal. And of those videos, majority of videos are listened to without audio. Yeah. Too, which I think is a really important thing we need to think about. I'm glad you said that. I found a tool for that that adds subtitles for free that is awesome. Stop and it. And it is called Capwing. K-A-P-W-I-N-G dot com. Go, yep. go there. They have a subtitler. You can upload your video, any format. And you can actually change the format of the, and you can edit the, the subtitles. Now it lays them on. It's not on a separate track of the video. It's on the video. And then you can download it again. And it's now post that because here's the thing, even if it has audio or doesn't put the subtitles on, it's just, people are not, don't, don't rely on Facebook subtitles that. Oh, they're terrible. Have is, you used them? Oh, Oh, you spend way more time editing oh my the subtitles gosh. than you when do. People, when people, the only time people come in and go, hey, man, are you okay? It's when I'm in here going, oh, oh, in my office. And I'm like freaking out because I'm trying to type fast enough before it goes to the next subtitle and moves around. And it's like so frustrating. Yeah. Like, yeah. who made this? Who? I mean. Which, which it, hater of people made this? It's so bad. Who um, loves to torture us? It's. 
Facebook. When it first came out, I was super stoked because I was like, great, yeah. a, a way to caption. And then I, I used it one time and I was like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Never also, again. You, you can upload to YouTube as well. And they have a subtitler and it's not as frustrating, but it's still. But what I love about Capwing and is that you, the video really doesn't play unless you want it to. And so oh, you can great. type, you can edit the, the subtitles and determine how long they stay up and you can pick the font. You can pick the oh, size nice. of the font or whether it's got a little box behind it or not, or what color is it? And what, I mean, it's, it's great. Well, it you is. have me at free. So it's free. That's awesome. We'll put that in the show notes too. So people Absolutely. To go to that. All right. Well, that's the five talks we heard that we really want to discuss in this podcast. This is, you know, there's so many more, like you said, we'll put a link to go and get that replay pass for that. It is a, uh, is a great conference this year. So much. So many good talks and good, such good content. So it was fantastic. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. So go to sethmuse.com slash 101, get the show notes. And uh, again, Megan, thanks so much. Uh, we'll be back next week with some more enjoy. Seminary of Hard Knocks. See you guys. Bye.